that I've been in for the last, this is the 11th week. It's probably the longest series I've ever been in on Tales from the Darkness. And we've been looking at God moving and working in the midst of the darkest seasons. And it's something, just when I think, okay, maybe we ought to move on to an to something else, well, then somebody will say, hey, I'm just stay in that. You know, that really ministered to me, or, I, or boy, that word was just for me. But it's amazing, as you read the Bible, most of the big events, the, the great miracles that God did, whether he was speaking to people or whatever, they're in dark seasons. They're in dark times. And so I think this is a, a really um, relevant series that I just see so many different things in, in the Bible. You know, I... The, the fact is, I think we can all agree, we're living in dark times, aren't we? It might be sunny and a thousand degrees in Florida, but it's still dark times. I'm not going to get on a soapbox and, you know, and all the different things, but I mean, morality, it's a dark time of, of morality in the nation. I think I, I read that there was a poll taken that the, the majority of Americans believe that morally we're headed in the wrong direction. And, um, I mean, I mean June is Pride Month. That means we're living in dark times when, when we're Pride Month, you know. And, and you can't even go to see a Disney movie anymore, can you, parents? You can't even take your kids to see a Disney movie because your, your, your kids will be asking all these questions. What is that? What is this? What is this? And they call it grooming, you know. Um, so it's, it's dark times. Now, now, look, it doesn't mean that we don't love everybody. We love, we, love ev we love LGBTQ plus IA. We love them all equally because God loves them. But it, but it doesn't mean we have to endorse, endorse and, and, and allow our children to be indoctrinated, does it? You know, uh, if you walk into our education building over there, it's all Noah's, in the, Noah in the, Noah's art, animals. Animals and, and it just tells the, the mural just tells a story and at the end of the hallway You'll see this big rainbow Well, the rainbow is God's covenant that he made right to Noah it the rainbow represents his grace It, it doesn't represent all the different people of the rainbow, you know to see the devil hijacks this stuff But it's dark times dark times Yeah, it, it's dark times when you You can't you can't even fill up your gas tank anymore for less than $100, can you? That's dark times, isn't it? I saw some, some of the posts that you see on Facebook, and, and I love how everybody, all of a sudden, sometimes people get real pious about things. Instead of complaining about gas prices, we need to be thankful for all that God has done, and we need to be thankful for this and thankful for that. You know, well, I'm thankful, but I can also complain about the gas prices. Because I don't think they need to be that high. I think we got stupid politicians, and that's why they're that high. <laughs> dark times. But, but here's what I want to say in all, in all of this. We know we're in dark times. The Bible says it's going to keep getting darker and darker and darker until Jesus returns, right? We've done a whole entire study on prophecy and, and every single verse in Revelation. We know about the dark times that's, that's going to keep coming. And, but, but here's the deal. As Christians... We don't have to give in to the dark times. We don't have to, to walk around all grumpy and, and just, just 
miserable and, and we, we can still live with joy in dark times and live with peace in, in dark times. And, and after all, 2022, the year of light, we need to be the light, right? Instead of com complaining, I say complaining, but you can do something about it and you, can, and you can spread the love of God and you can spread the joy of the Lord. And, and that's what this is all about. It, it's dark. Face it, it's dark. But God loves to move in the darkness. God loves to, to do the miraculous. God still does miracles. God still gives life. God still does the impossible. And, and I believe it's dark, but this is our opportunity to experience and to walk in the miraculous. I believe that. And so Exodus 13, I'm, I'm preaching on guidance in the darkness, being led in the darkness. Some people like traveling at night. I don't. When I was young, I, I, I would actually prefer to travel at night. I remember making long road trips, and I like traveling at night, going all through the night, and, 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 I, and I enjoyed that. But now I guess I've, I've reached the age, you know, I'm kind of at the, the top of the hill, maybe kind of coming down a little bit, and I've reached that age where I've joined those who hate traveling and driving at night. How many hate driving at night? Wow, I guess I am in a minority here. I thought I would be in the majority. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I, uh, you know, my, I, I, I like to see. Like this, this is a good day to travel right here because I can see in front of me. I can see the surroundings. I can see the cars. You know, at, at nighttime, it's blurry to me and, and lights coming at you. And, and you, you, don't, you don't know if it's a huge truck or if it's a little, just a little small car. And, and it's, it's just easier to travel during the day. You know, it's, you, it, sometimes at nighttime you can, you can misjudge. You, 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 there, there's mistakes that can be made on this road or that road. You drive past this road or and you, you make the wrong turn at, at, at night. When we were leaving uh, Jerusalem and we rented a car and we were heading back to Tel Aviv and it was, it was at night and we were following we were following ways, and, and she, was, she was speaking in English, but all we had was Hebrew to look at. And I don't know Hebrew. I just know Hebrew from what I took in Bible college. And she's saying, turn here, and, and there's no turn there. And I'm driving, and, and there's all these different checkpoints in, in Jerusalem, and, I'm, and I'm, trying, I'm trying to go that way, and everything is a roundabout. Everything is, I mean, why can't you just turn left or turn? Why do you have to go around here, go past the third, and then go over there? And and, and Michelle's trying to guide me, and the Waze is trying to guide me, and, 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 I, and all Hebrew's coming at me, and, she's, and Michelle's like, turn here. And, and I'm like, well, the lady's saying to turn up there. She's like, turn here. And, the, and, and I made the mistake of listening to the lady instead of my wife, and especially a newlywed wife. And so I listened to Waze, and Waze, instead of going there to Tel Aviv, I start going down there out to the Judean wilderness and, and the Dead Sea, and we pass the checkpoint, and, and I, I, I'm freaking out. And she's like, calm down, calm down. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting mad, and so I have to turn around and come back through a checkpoint, and I'm flustered, and, and I'm mad, and, and, and I... I, I, I and, and they're like, the, the guards are like, what are you doing here? I'm lost. I'm trying to go to the airport. What are you? And, I, and I'm like, can you please tell me how to get to the airport? I mean, and he's, he's scoping me. I'm showing passport. I'm showing all this stuff. He just, he just does this. Do this right here. And I don't know what that, I think that means get out of my face. Go on through, you, you stupid American. 
So we find, finally get to the airport. In the darkness, it's kind of the same way in life when it's, when it's dark. It, it, these dark seasons, you, you understand when I speak of darkness, I'm speaking of a metaphor. Dark seasons. When, when, when it's troubled times, and in those troubled times, it's easy to misjudge. It's easy, it's easy to misjudge the Father's love in dark times and, and make wrong turns and, and make brash decisions. What do you do when, when all seems dark and you can't seem to find God's path for your life? How do you find God's leading in the dark when his leading seems limited? When you can't see the road in front of you and, and you don't know, should I, should I turn this way? Should I go that way? And it, 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 how, can, how do I find God? How do I find his leading in the darkness? Well, Exodus 13 gives us a good blueprint. To, to give you the context, after 400 years of bondage in Egypt, the generation has, the generation has, has come that this is the generation that God would lead out of Israel, or out of Egyptian bondage. So the Israelites have just been released from bondage. And, and I want to focus on how God led them, mainly just two verses. It says, Exodus 13, verse 21 and 22. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So I want you to see that during the day, he led them with a cloud. By night, he led them with fire. And this passage lets us know that, that God's leading is not just limited to the daytime. To, when the sun's out and and, and we can see our surroundings. But, but it also lets us know that he leads us even in the night. Even in the darkness. A after all, isn't that when we need the guidance from God? When, when it's dark? When we can't see? When, when we, don't, we don't know which way to turn? Maybe you're in a night season right now. Maybe, maybe you're here today, you're listening online, and you've been struggling to find God's leading in the darkness. You've been struggling to find God's guidance. You've been, you, you're, you're wanting to surrender to God. God, what do you want me to do? Where do I need to go? How, lead me this way. Lead me that way. But, but you're not sure of your next turn. And maybe you're wondering, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? See, in the darkness, we often have the mindset that God's guidance and leading is limited. That if we're in the darkness, it's because God has left us alone wandering in the dark. We're, we're in the darkness because of our own choosing. And, and, and he just leaves us stumbling and grasping for direction in the darkness. But I want to bring your attention to verse 22 that we just read. Because notice that he says, He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. That means that God never left his people alone in the wilderness, by day or by night. As long 
as the people, and I want you to listen to this, as long as the people were willing to follow, he was willing to lead them. He was willing to guide them. It didn't matter if it was the daytime or the nighttime. Have you ever thought that maybe the problem isn't God's limited leading in the darkness, but it's our limited following in the darkness? Could it be that the reason that you can't seem to find God's guidance and leading in the night is because you're only following God by day? Let me break it down a little bit further. You're only following God when it's convenient, when we can see. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. But, but, we're only, but, but, in, but in this case, we walk by sight, not by faith. Because after all, if it's daytime, we don't have to walk by faith. We can walk by sight. Are you just following God when it's convenient, when you can see, when, 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 you, when you can walk by sight, not by faith. But if following God is only limited to the day, well then of course God's only going to lead you by day because he'll only lead to the extent of your willingness to follow. And you might be in that night season and you are desperately trying to find God's guiding, God's li- Why isn't God leading me in the darkness? Well, the question is, are you following God in the darkness when you can't see? Are you following God when you have to walk by faith, not by sight? And you know what? I thought this message through and I'm like, I'm going to give, I'm going to give those father's a father's day gift and here's my father's day gift to you i only have two points today happy father's day normally i have three points and four points and i know i know your your butt's already tired but happy father's day to the fathers who came two points see see god hasn't stopped leading the problem is we've stopped following first point to be led by god at night we must Follow him at night. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's a life verse for so many of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That means there's no part-time following and trusting. It's, it's all the time. There's no daytime following and, and nighttime following. It says in all your ways, in every situation... 24 hours a day, day or night, we follow God. And what does he promise to do? To lead us, to direct our paths. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In the darkness, we have his written word. What a privilege that we have. And, and, and you know, back, back in the, the, the Middle Ages, that the, church, the, the word was tied to the pulpits. And, and only the priests could, could deliver the word. But what a privilege. I know it's dark times. But what a privilege in this, in this day and time. that We've got the word available to us anytime. We got it on our phones. We, we got it up here. We got, it, we got the word to lead us and guide us in the dark times. Do you love his word? That, that's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Another great verse I love, Psalm 16, verse 
7. Check this verse out. It's a good one if you've never seen this before. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel, instruction, direction. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. In the night seasons. Heart, my heart. It could actually be better translated my inmost being. My spirit. Psalm 16 is about finding direction and guidance in dark times. In the midst of bad circumstances. See, when we bless the Lord, when we follow God, when we study His Word, which is a lamp to our feet, the Holy Spirit will bring counsel to our spirit and will give us instruction on where to go and what to do in the night seasons. I guess what I'm saying is we have God's leading in the darkness. The question is, are you willing to follow? Are you willing to follow? I want to point to something else that I saw in Exodus 14. I, I saw as, as I read this, and I've, I've preached a whole series on the, the wilderness journey. But in Exodus 14, what's happening here is Egyptians let the Israelites go. Go. They go. Pharaoh's heart becomes hardened, and he's like, hmm, maybe I made the wrong choice. And so he sends his army after the Israelites. And so God, by a cloud and a fire, has led the Israelites to the edge of the Red Sea. And look what it says in Exodus 14, verse 20. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians, that's the cloud and the fire that it's speaking of, and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other. So that the one did not come near the other all that night. In other words, with the cloud and fire, God simultaneously gave light to the Israelites while causing the camp of the Egyptians to be darkened. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. So the fire not only, and I want you to think about this, the fire not only led the Israelites in the darkness, but the fire also protected them from the enemy in the darkness. We're talking about the presence of God. Here's my point. In the darkness, when we're following God, we might feel vulnerable because we have to take a step of faith in the darkness. We, we might be a little fearful of, about where we're going. We, we, we can't see. We don't really know where we're going. But actually following God in the darkness, even if we don't feel safe, is the safest place to be. Because as long as we're staying close to the fire, the enemy might be chasing us, but the fire of God's presence will protect us. Psalms 91 verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, there's no shadow without a light. We're talking about in the darkness, following the light, following the fire of God's presence. So the point is, stay in the light of the fire of God's presence, and His shadow of protection will rest upon you. See, I'm following God in the darkness, even if you can't see, even if you don't know where, where you're going, uh, it's the safest place to be. It's the safest place to be. For so many, the safe space 
is locking themselves up. The safe place is isolation. The safe place is, is not coming to church. The safe place is, I don't want to get involved in a ministry. I'm nervous. I, you know, you know we, had, we had people step out in faith yesterday to get baptized. And for some, that, that, that was not a safe space. That, that took a lot of faith to step out. But I'm telling you, your, your safe space is really not your safe space. The safe space is following God, even if you can't see what's around you follow God and I promise you his shadow of protection will rest upon you I've heard my dad say multiple times I'd rather be 2,000 miles away from home and following God and being in God's will than being right at home and not following God because it doesn't matter if you're at home in your safe space if you're not following God you're not in the safe space most of you know the story of the Israelites in the wilderness how they could have made it in in a shorter period of time but they disobeyed God and instead God led them around and around how many years class 40 years 40 is the number for testing. Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 years. At 40, it's, it's, it's the number of testing. It's the number of trials. And we know that the Israelites constantly complained. Seems at every checkpoint along the way, we find the Israelites complaining. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How many fathers have ever heard that? Are we there yet? 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 Are we at the promised land? Where's the promised land? The brochure says we'll get there here, and, and, but, but when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Where's, where's the promised land? See, in the darkness, it's human nature to want to know where we're going, right? It's human nature in the darkness to want to know when we're going to get there. Tell me when I'm going to get to the promised land, God. Tell me now. Tell me now. I want to know now. God, what, what's, what's your plan for my life? Tell me now, right now. What's your will for my life? I mean, these are questions. We, what's your will? But tell me your will now. And if he doesn't tell us his will now, you're ignoring me. Why are you ignoring me? God, reveal your destiny to me. The destiny, that's a, that's a big word. Your destiny. Reveal it now. You know, I used to hear people talk about their destiny. Oh, you're going to make it to your destiny. You're going to make pastors. You're going to make destiny, destiny. De and and I, uh, where is the destiny? I've never seen God's destiny. When are you going to show me the destiny? You've got to show me now. Show me your will now. Show me the end from the beginning. Now, see, that's ultimate. We want, we want to see the end from the beginning in the darkness. So the question I've had and, and the question I have is why did God lead them in the wilderness round and around for 40 years like he did? We know he could have just took them right in. Because in Scripture, God usually gives signs and directions on where he wants his people to go. And when he called Abraham in, in Genesis, he says, I want you to go here to this country. Go here. This is how you get to it. Even in Luke, God caused a star to sit right over 
the cave where Jesus was born. And, and he told the shepherds, go there. See the star? Go to the star. So the question is, why didn't God just place a big star over the promised land and said, go there? Furthermore, why doesn't God just put a big star over our destiny, over our promise? Why, the, why won't you just take me there already, God? Right? That's, that's what I'm getting at. Well, maybe because getting to the promised land as quickly as possible was never the point of God's leading. Remember, the Israelites weren't ready for the promised land. Maybe the whole point of God's leading in the wilderness was about teaching his children how to trust him, how to follow, how to be obedient to him. See, the whole reason for following God in the darkness isn't just so we can quickly get to where we're going. I want this to set in. The whole reason for following God in the darkness, we want to get there, but the whole reason for following God in the darkness isn't just so we can quickly get to where we're going. You know, it's not even, it's not even so that we can get to know His plan. Maybe the whole reason for following God in the darkness is so that we can simply just get to know Him. Get to know Him. Because the point of the leading in the darkness is about His presence. Here's my second point. God's leading in the darkness, it's about His presence, not the destination. We want to follow God so that he'll take us to the destination. But God's saying, I want you to follow me so that you can get to know me. At the end of the journey after the 40 years, and, and God has faithfully led his people by cloud and by fire to the edge of the promised land. They're, they're at the Jordan. They're close to the Jordan River. And God speaks to Moses. And tells Moses, this is what I want you to say to my people. Deuteronomy 29 verse 5. Listen to this. God tells Moses, he says, have I led you for 40 years in the wilderness? I've led you for 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. Your sandals have not worn out on your feet. You have, you have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And, and he, he's, he's saying, I've provided for you. You haven't had to search for your own food. I've provided for you. You haven't had to, to search for your own drink. I've provided drink for, for you. He's telling, the whole point of this journey has not necessarily been about the destination. I could have took you to the promised land long years ago, but the whole point of the journey is so that you can know me as the Lord your God look what I've done for you look how I cared for you I've loved you I've never forsaken you I brought you this far see when we're being led in the darkness our goal is to get to the promised land as quickly as possible but the problem is in our rushing to get to the promised land, so, so often we're actually missing God's presence along the way.
We're trying to get to the promised land so quickly that, that we're missing God's presence along the journey. We're going, going. Lead me, guide me, show me, get me to my destiny. I mean, I, I'm guilty. Even in my own journey, I'm guilty so often of just becoming obsessed with God. What do you want me to do? See, that's a big thing for a pastor. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Show me what you want. Show me. I'll do it. I need to go. And I completely missed the point of the whole leading in the darkness. I missed it while I've been desperately trying to get there. God's been right here the whole time. I, I met, I, I've got to go, I've got to do, I've got to get, I've got I to go, go, go. And, and, and I miss God's presence. He's been here. You've been trying to do so much for me, but yet you've forgotten what I've done for you. I saved your soul, I've carried you. Uh, look how look how I've protected you along the journey. You, you remember that time you felt like giving up and, and throwing in the towel? Well, you remember how I, I sent that person along the way to bring some encouragement? Have you thought, forgot about that? Remember, remember that time you, 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 were, the, you were faced with a temptation and you were about to trip and fall and, and look how somehow I sent the Holy Spirit and he put a check in your spirit and you turned and look how I saved you from going off the deep end. You've been so busy trying to get there. You've missed the point that I've been here the whole time. Church, the... The point of God's leading in the darkness is not about the destination. It's about his presence. His presence. I bet there's people in here that are burnt out, worn out, weary, joyless, because you're trying so desperately to get to the promised land. Got to find my plan. I, you're so concerned with, with what you're trying to do for God. And, and it's like God is staring you in the face saying, why don't you just take a break from trying to get there and just rest a little while in my presence. And, and, just, and just say, I've been with you. I've been with you. Instead of, becoming, instead of being so focused on the destination, why don't you acknowledge my presence? I've cared for you. I've brought you this far. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Getting to the promised land isn't the point. His presence is the point. And let me reiterate, maybe some of you need to just take a break from rushing to the destination and just sit and rest a while in the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. Remember we just read Psalm 16, 7, guiding in the night, instruction in the night season. He says in verse 11, you will show me the path of life. You will show me the direction. You will show me guidance in the night season. He says, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In other words, stay in God's presence. Stay in God's presence. And he promises to direct you, to show you the path of life. And guess what? 
He even promises fullness of joy along the journey. So when you're following God and you're trying to get to the promised land, if you're not experiencing fullness of joy, it means you're more focused on the destination than on the presence of the Savior. If you feel like giving up, if you're worn out and busted and, and disgusted, it's the reason, the reason is because your focus has been just merely on the destination, not on the presence of the Savior. In closing, I, I mentioned that I don't like driving at night. Well, I'm also not a fan of flying either. Now, look, I know flying is safe. Flying is absolutely safe. It's actually safer. They say it's safer than driving in cars. And so, you know, most people are fine with it. It's just me. I think the main reason that I don't like flying is because I don't like giving up my control. I know that as soon as I step on the plane, I am no longer in control. <laughs> you know, I don't have permission to enter into the cockpit of the pilot and sit down in the seat and say, let me help you with this thing. I don't, I don't have permission. I'll probably be shot if I try that. Completely out of control. You know, people, people say when we were flying, and I fly, I've flown a lot, and, and people will say, have a safe flight. Have a good flight. Well, my thing is I, I don't determine if it's safe or not. All I do is just sit, play games, just let the pilot do his thing. I don't get to, you know, you can't even see. You can see out the windows barely. Now they got them little windows, and you can see, see around, and your altitude is so high anyways. You, got, you really can't see. You. So, so I'm not, I don't provide any kind of support for the pilot at all. I just sit it but you know one thing's for sure if you fly enough you're going to experience turbulence you're going to face turbulence and I've I've flown in all types of weather I mean it seems like hundreds of times and but you're gonna face turbulence and and every time just the way my, my brain works. Every time, my mind always goes to the worst case scenario. That, that's just how I am. That's how I'm wired. I guess by nature, I'm like Charlie Brown. You know, look here's the difference between me and Michelle. You know, we're going to die. We get to see Jesus now. That's the difference between me. She's an optimist. I'm a pessimist. I, I don't want to see Jesus right now. I want to get there. I, 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 but in, in opposites attract, right? And people are like that. You know, we look for the, I, I'm, half, I'm a half, glass, half empty guy. You know, it's just how I am, man, you know. But here, usually, whenever there's turbulence, almost always the pilot, he comes on the loudspeaker. And I think to be a pilot, I think they test your voice. They have to make sure that you have a calm voice. Don't emergency training. Don't you got to bring the situation down? I mean, it doesn't matter what's it. So that if there's turbulence, I can usually always expect pilot's going to come with a loudspeaker. This is the pilot speaking. We're experiencing a little turbulence, and you're like this. You're like, we're experiencing a little bit of turbulence. Sit back, keep your seatbelt on. We'll resume. Drinks and beverages, all that in just a minute. We'll be through it shortly. And I don't know what it is, but there's just something about that, that pilot. They all have the same voice. It, it literally, a girl would be in there, fly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain. <laughs> they all have the same voice. It's just, I don't know, maybe they're, they're playing a recording. That's what they're doing. But it's, but it's like, all of a sudden, now, 
usually the turbulence will keep going. But, but it seems like that, that, does, that calms me down because he's redirected my focus. I'm, I'm more focused on the calmness of the pilot. I'm more focused on the word of the pilot, what the word, what he just spoke, uh, and the presence of the pilot flying this plane. I'm, I'm more focused on that than I am with the presence of the turbulence around. So I sit back and stay buckled up, play my games. Because after all, when you think about it, he or she wants to get to where we're going as much as I want to get to where I'm going. Now, wouldn't it be silly if, if I unbuckle my seatbelt and say, you know, this is too much turbulence. I think I'm going to jump out of the plane, and I'm going to try to escape the turbulence. Now, would that be the most crazy, silly thing? To escape the turbulence, I'm going to jump out of the plane. That's how Christians are sometimes. We think, well, I know how I'll escape the turbulence. I'll jump out of church. I'll get out of church. I'll, I'll just get over here. Them people over there, they judging me anyway. So, so that's what we do. We want to jump out of the plane trying to avoid the turbulence when all we need to do is just sit back, focus on the presence of the pilot, focus on the word of the pilot. We'll get to where we're going. We'll get to where we're going. And I promise you, it, and I know maybe when you saw guidance in the darkness, this is going to be the message that finally I'm going to discover what God's destination is for my, I, I, I know that's probably what you were thinking. Oh, fine, I'm going to leave today knowing God's plan. Well, I'm sorry to break the news to you because God's leading in the darkness isn't about the destination. It's about dwelling in his presence. The only thing I can tell you, stay in the plane. Stay in the plane. Stay in his presence. He'll take you where you need to go. It might be over here. It might be just stay in his presence. You know, it, growing up in Sunday school and, and learning about the cloud and the fire, I had this picture, well, because I've seen pictures back in the flannel graph days, you know, where they put those things on the board in Sunday school and everything, and they had the picture of the little cloud. There's this little cloud leading millions of people and they're following this little cloud just like the little cloud out there and there's this little fire leading the people just follow the fire follow the cloud but but you, the more i study this the more i tend to think that that it wasn't about this little pretty little cumulus cloud uh, uh, the bible speaks of the shekinah glory of god which is the cloud of his presence i almost think that the leading by the cloud and the fire, the leading by the cloud wasn't a little fire, a little cloud leading them, but was, it was a mega cloud consuming them. That when that cloud was hovering over them, and I almost think that it was like being in a fog. Like when you're flying through clouds, you can't see this far in front of you. And, and, they, and they, they just, they don't know. So I'm gonna say, it's not about their following the, the cloud. It's not about staying behind the cloud. But I think the whole point of this is about staying in the cloud. If, if, if I feel the cloud shifting a little bit this way, I shift a little bit this way. If I feel it shifting, because if the cloud was out there, we could still see around us. We'd still be able to walk by sight and not by faith. Walking by faith is not following behind the cloud, but it's staying inside the cloud when you can't see in front of you. And I almost think the, the fire, this pillar of fire, it wasn't just this little pillar. I almost think it was just mega pillar of fire surrounding them. They couldn't see around him, but, but as long as they stayed in the fire, in the presence of the fire, they got to where they need to go. 
That's how God leads. That's how God leads. Just stay beside me. Keep me in view. Keep me in sight. Just hold on to my, hold on to, to my robe. Hold on to, to the edge of my garment. Stay in my presence. And I promise you, I'll take you where you need to go. I want to ask you to bow your heads. Stay in God's presence. What does that mean? Your word's a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Stay in his word. Stay in fellowship with him. Stay with godly people who love you and Christians. And stay with your church family and don't, don't disconnect. Stay, follow, trust. Be filled with the presence of his Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You don't just need the glory cloud way out there and you follow. You need the glory cloud to consume you. The, you need the fire of his presence to consume you. Because what, here, here's, here's what happens. It, it organically happens. The closer you stay to God, you always end up getting to where you need to be. You just stay close, you'll get to where you need to be. And you'll get there in God's timing. You'll get there in the right time. Maybe you're here today and, and maybe you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You've never truly come into his family and, and become a child of God. God is not your father, your heavenly father. Today's the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're trying to search for guidance. You're, well, well, it starts, you've got to become a child of God. And, and, and the good thing is, it's easy to become a child of God. God's waiting to bring you in. He's saying, come on in, come on in. He, he's, the Bible says that, that we've been adopted as children. Come into, come into His presence. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. and Just a prayer of faith, just from your heart. This is just a template prayer, but you've got to pray from your heart. You can be born again this morning. Would you pray with me? Say, Jesus, I know that you went to the cross to die for my sins. I know that you shed your blood for me. I've been trying to lead my own self. I've been trying to guide my own self. But, but I come to you asking you to save me. I make you my Lord and my Savior. I want to become a child of God. Just a prayer of faith. It starts, you got to acknowledge you can't save yourself. you got to come to the Savior and ask the Savior to save you and forgive you. Just a prayer of faith. God promises He will save you. He will redeem you. And for those that are trying to find guidance in the darkness, more than anything, I pray that you would experience the presence of God because in His presence is fullness of joy. I pray that you would be less focused on the destination and get so focused on his presence. I got to dwell in his presence. I got to dwell. You know, the psalmist also said, one thing I desire, meaning the thing that I crave the most in life, he says, it's to dwell in your presence. Because you dwell in his presence, he'll take you to the promised land. Stay in his presence, he'll take you to the promised land. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, for any of those that are struggling, that, that are getting ahead of you, that are rushing, that are trying to, to find your plan and trying to get ahead and trying to get so desperately to where they need to go, I pray that they would discover your presence. 